Today, we explore the art of conscious evolution. That's what's going on. What happens when we shift from being consciously curious to being a conscious co-creator? Can you feel the difference in the energy of that? It's powerful stuff. Hi, I'm Cheryl Sitz. Welcome to Exploring Possibilities. We are all about transforming life from the inside out. Show creator, producer Mario Rosales and I are so grateful for the support that you've shown, the time that you spend with us week after week, and letting us know what you think, telling your friends, and even your financial support. You make this happen. So thank you for anything you can do to show a little love at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. We use it when a cable goes down, when a laptop needs to be replaced, when we need a new camera, it all helps. So thank you very much for that. By the way, we've started bringing these to you on video now so you can actually see our guests, see our chats at youtube.com slash Cheryl Sitz, as well as all the traditional audio ways, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Play, and all the podcast platforms. And our entire library, almost 300 episodes, absolutely free at journeyofpossibilities.com. So check that out. And joining us today is Peggy Sue Skipper. So get ready for a great conversation. First, I want to mention that Exploring Possibilities has been broadcasting for 10 years. It's hard for me to even believe it's been 10 years. We've had some amazing guests. So we are actually planning a break this summer. I've had some shifts going on and I'm ready to blend all of this together in a more impactful and exciting way for you. So I'm going to take a little bit of downtime and sit with that and play with that with Mario. And we're going to come out with something exciting for you. It's going to have the change agents and mentors we've been bringing you, practical applications, activities, exercises. How do I use this every day? That's where the rubber meets the road, right? And community support, because that's so important. So sign up for our newsletter at journeyofpossibilities.com, and you will be invited when we get ready to relaunch, reimagine the exciting new possibilities that are coming your way. So don't miss out on that. Throughout these shows, I'm always talking about Mario Rosales' incredible technology skills, helping me launch the podcast, my website, my YouTube channel, and he can still help you with all those things. But for five years now, he's been working on a special project, and now he's finally ready to launch it. And I'm excited for him to tell you about it because they're absolutely beautiful. Tell us. Well, what I have come up with, I call it astral fractals, and that's astro, A-S-T-R-O, like astrology. And why is it an astral fractal? It's very simple because it uses your birthday, your birth time, and your numerology of your name. With that, I put it into this formula that I've worked on for, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and it creates a fractal and it colors it and it gives you this beautiful portrait of you. And at first when I got it, it's like, what was it? What's it for? Well, if you meditate in front of it, take it to a ceremony, or if you just want to look at it like a piece of art, it's beautiful. You can look at it at my website at Astro, A-S-T-R-O, Fractals, F-R-A-C-T-A-L-S, astrofractals.com, and that'll take you directly to my website. The base package is a digital picture of it, and then I have options that go higher in price for different types of things, 8x10s, tapestries, I mean, you name it, it's whatever you want. And they are beautiful. Astrofractals.com. Way to go, Mario. I love it. Thank you. And I'm looking forward to seeing what everybody's fractal looks like. And you even have famous people on there. So check them out. Astrofractals.com. Now for today's show. Peggy Sue Skipper. She's an intuitive, a healer, 
founder of The Consciously Curious, and a member of The Conscious Co-Creators. Since 1996, she's followed her passion to help us understand our unique place in the world and how finding others with whom to co-create is key to becoming the brightest version of ourselves. Today, we're going to chat about her book, The Art of Conscious Evolution. We're going to touch on a practice she has of hand analysis, which actually helped me a lot with the big shift that I was just talking about, and how to become a conscious co-creator. You can also learn more at loveandkindnessworld.com. Exciting stuff. Hi, Peggy Sue. Hi, Cheryl. So good to be here. Oh, I'm so glad that you're with us today. And we, I, I just hardly know where to dive in. Um, I noticed a parallel between you and I that you went through being consciously curious and talking with people and learning and exploring possibilities, right? Like I've been doing. Absolutely. So tell yes. me about your shift where you said, you know what? Conscious co-creator, that's where it's at. Well, that's, oh, that's a great question. The Consciously Curious has actually been around about the same length, same length of time as your show. <laughs> Our first uh, meeting was in December of 2011. So we just entered our second decade. And uh, that was originally a platform for people to just come and ask questions about whatever they wanted to ask questions about. What are you curious about? And so that's been going on for about a decade. About two years ago, uh, I started meeting with a small group of people under the Consciously Curious um, name. And we, and let me just say that this was actually right before the last presidential election. And we gathered because we, we had been curious and we, we really came together to say, okay, we're tired of hearing what people, people talk about what they don't want to see. What do we want to see? How do we want things to be? Because working in energy fields, as you well know, what we give our energy to is what expands. So we wanted to shift our focus in a conscious way to say, okay, this is what we want to see. This is the world we want to live in. And we, we took exactly one year to create the world we wanted to live in, which is quite, we met once a week, every Thursday, for one year. And it was just the most fabulous experience in such a shift. You know, we, we lose sight of that sometimes that, you know, where we put our energy, if we put it to worry, we get more to worry about. Right. If we, if we start focusing on what we do want to see, we start seeing more of that. So that's, that's when I said this group is no longer consciously curious. We're conscious co-creators. We have worked together to, to create a world that we all want to live in. So I felt like we kind of elevated <laughs> through That's that process. Awesome. That's exciting. That was a long answer to a, to a question, wasn't it? No, but it's a good one because it's exactly what we talk about on the show all the time. Like what we, what we speak into existence, what we focus our attention on, and, and it's really we're getting triggered all over the place now. Like absolutely can we stay in what we want and stay out of what we don't want. And, and that's not rose colored glasses. That's what do I want to expand? Where am I going to put the magnifying glass? That is my intention and my power. Exactly. Exactly. So very important. And even those of us who know that slip up sometimes. Yes. I mean, we, we forget that because life gets in the way stuff happens. And then we go, Oh no. You know, 
So it meeting once a week, we, we, we share our stories with each other about the practical application of the world we've created. How have we applied this to our lives? What happened so that we, and I will tell you that we call this the love and kindness world, uh, which I love. Yeah. And so how did we, what kind of experience did we have where we were tested and how did we respond to that? Either, either to say, yes, I did it. I pulled out my toolbox. I used the tools. I came from love and this is what happened. Or, oh boy, I really messed up on that one. I got, I allowed my buttons to get pushed and I, and I could have done better. Right. So the stories, the practical application, and you mentioned that, that's so important, especially right now. Um, to to pay attention to. Right. It is. Because you know, I can sit in 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 this work and and my whole life kind of revolves around this work. So I feel like I'm embedded in it all the time. That does not stop me from getting out in traffic and getting triggered and just blowing <laughs> up in my car and going, yeah. Oh Cheryl, you're shining bright right now, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, so it is. It, yeah, so you're tempted to use that I don't like the way you're driving finger. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah that one. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, we're human beings. We, we do have buttons. We do have, um, you know, I don't think l- life on this planet is designed to be completely without challenges. It's just not designed that way. That's why we have this illusion of separation in, with bodies, you know, to, to experience things that are challenging. So if we look at it that way, then it becomes sort of, sort of like a fun game. So true. So now that's my trigger to pick up your book here. Mm. Art of Conscious Evolution, fabulous book. I Thank finally you. had the privilege of reading it. It's been out for a while. And you talk about a couple of things that we touched on in the hand analysis when, when you did mine and what you what drew you to it when you found it, what made you want to be a practitioner of it. You help people identify their life purpose and their life lesson. And that can be so empowering to us. Otherwise, we might just feel like we're floating around here. And what is this all for anyway? And for me, one of my things has been that I have multiple gifts. It's almost like I compete with myself. And so I've Mm -hmm. had these different jobs and even careers where I was feeling rewarded and yet a bit lacking, a bit frustrated in each of them. And until you worked with me through the hand analysis and said, well, you have these multiple streams and you came to blend them together for this, I had my huge aha, like I haven't been blending them as best I could and which ones to focus on. Okay. Well, and let's just remember that the time that you spent with one was what I call fine tuning that arena. Yes. So- and so probably what normally happens is it feels really good and exciting in the beginning and you really feel like, oh, I'm in my element now. And da, 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 da. But after a time, as you really fine tune that, then the other, the other kids in the room go, whoa, what about me? So that's when things start feeling, well, something's missing. Mm. So, and it's very right and proper for someone with your kind of package, which is a bit more complex to, to fine tune the talents individually before they can get their arms around them. So, so when the package is more complex, oftentimes the holder of that package is what we call a late bloomer. 
but that, that's not really what's going on. You know, it's just, it's just that each section has to be worked on individually before you know them well enough to blend them with the other sections. Oh, I love the way you put all of that because yes, I have been told I'm a late bloomer. And by the way, because I have many of my age range in my demographic, I think some of you are late bloomers too. Like this just happens that we, it all starts to come together and we're like, wow, I see these new possibilities, right? Right, right. So one of the things you talk about when you start talking about life purpose and life lessons, there's, I'm quite a bit of the way into the book. I'm skipping some things, but you talk about how when people, I'm going to quote, when people voluntarily socialize together over an extended period of time, there's almost always some parallel between their life purpose and or their life lesson. Makes sense, birds of a feather flocking together kind of thing. When the life lesson is a binding factor in a group, there can be challenging issues for everyone involved. The group was comfortable with each other because they could relate about the issues, but they no doubt felt more understood. And in the long term, they were just feeding that machine of whatever that lesson was. I loved that you mentioned that because that has happened in circles that I've been in now that I understand my life lesson. Right. So speak to that a little bit, because I think it gives new dynamic to the relationships that we have in our lives, why they might be there and how we can best navigate that. Exactly. You know, I, I actually, I may have written about this one in the book, but I actually have been hired at times to read at parties, you know, like a group of people are getting together and I'll either do a group you know, a reading where everybody's listening or do people individually at this particular party. The binding factor in this social group that had been together for quite a while was, was the life lesson of guilt. So that they just fed each other's guilt. They talked about what they were guilty about. They, you know, just, just keeping that going. And it's like, oh my gosh, this might not be really productive <laughs> for each of you as individuals, you know? Right. Um, Another story that uh, this happened in, in my, when I was in the corporate world, one of my best clients invited me to join her and her group of work friends for their Friday lunch, which was every Friday. So I met them at the restaurant and immediately they went into this banter about how all men cheat, men weren't to be trusted. And you, you could tell by the conversation that was going on, that this was their topic of conversation every single Friday. Oh no. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my God. Not creating uh, then, what they want to uh, be creating. Are they? <laughs> right. Right. But look what they are feeding. Exactly. So none of them had ever found a man that wasn't a cheater and a liar. Well, right. imagine that, but that's what they kept feeding. Yes. So it's very important to, to look at what you're feeding. Exactly. And that, of course, this was just a social thing that we're, you know, having a margarita, having a good time, but very, very self-destructive. Yes. And often we do that thinking that we're just commiserating, that we're, you know, helping somebody else feel seen and understood. And right. It's been a learning curve for me too, to understand that I don't have to meet them in their pain for them to feel understood. They can feel understood right. without me wallowing in the ditch with them. And, like I can be the light that raises them out of that. Well, and if they can't feel understood, 
without wallowing in it, then is that a place you really want to be? Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, we have to make discernment choices. Um, there's there's a whole lot of judgment going on in our world right now. Yes. You know, seems like everybody's... We're killing each other over it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And And so judgment is something that I think is very difficult for a lot of people to get past because our, our society sort of has evolved to a judgmental society. And it, it can be very, very difficult and destructive for people. Discernment, however, is absolutely necessary. And the difference being with judgment, I'm looking at you going, that's not right. What you're doing isn't right. You shouldn't do that. And with discernment, I'm saying, hmm, that's interesting. That doesn't work for me. Exactly. It's about it's about Totally different. Yes. Yes. Totally different energy. Thank it you, is. but that doesn't work for me. So I, I think the more we can heighten our discernment and lower our judgment, uh, the happier human beings we are. Yes, I totally agree. And discernment is one of the superpowers we need moving forward. We need to really cultivate Absolutely. that, I feel like. Because Absolutely. This is an age of us taking back. We have become a people, and some societies more than others, but we have become a people that are very accustomed to giving our power away and having everyone else make key decisions for us. The government will decide that. The doctors tell us who to be. The, we, we let everyone else make these key decisions. And, and we've almost just become like sheeple. We just follow along and, and we feel more comfortable in that role. And that's not what this is about now. Not only are our gifts activating, our psychic awareness, our intuition, our, our empathy, but it's so we can discern and stop following blindly and start to stand in our truths, which is all about discernment, right? All about discernment. Yes. And in addition to that, you know, there don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. Don't assume because some things aren't right, that everything's wrong. Right. That's what I'm seeing a lot of right now. It's like, all of those people are bad. Yes. All of those people are bad. <laughs> really? I happen to know some of those people and they're not bad, you know? Right. So it, it, is, it is a process of becoming more in tune with our intuition with what I call our internal truth barometer. Yes. And what is right and right for us or not. And sometimes we have to change our minds about that. Sometimes we go places specifically to find out it's not where we want to be. Yes. And we don't know that until we get there. That's true. And that's a learning process. That is not a mistake. That feels Unless, so much more accepting. I mean, you hear all this stuff about self-love and self-care and everybody's running out getting pedicures and self-love and self-care is about acceptance of the self and acceptance that it's not a big mistake. We didn't screw it all up. We, we're, we're what Hans Christian King called baby angels. We're all learning. We're here learning, right? Right. <laughs> and, and we all have moments of oops. Yes. <laughs> you know, oops. Maybe that wasn't exactly what. <laughs> so, and every oops is a learning experience if we allow that. Yes. If we allow that, if we allow ourselves to open up to the learning of it, then there's valuable information in that. 
And, okay, and now all I know. of this requires slowing down. You know, it, it keeps coming through to me that awareness is key. Like if, if I don't catch it till I'm home six hours later and I've been in a bad mood all day because of this thing that I didn't even realize I was letting. Like, so, so we talk about practicality being important for us. How do you stay aware in the moments that seem to matter the most? What have you cultivated as a daily practice for your awareness? I shut up a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when certain, you know, when our buttons get pushed, our knee jerk reaction is to push back. Right. I don't do that very much. Um, I, I, I get quiet. I go in saying, what's really going on here? That takes practice Yes. to stop the knee-jerk reactions. We have to be conscious enough to be stopping, taking a breath or two or 10, <laughs> and then sometimes not engaging at all. And that is like anything else. The more we practice it, the more that pause becomes our, our knee-jerk reaction yeah. rather than striking back. And yes. it is, again, it's the practical application. It is the practice that helps us get to that point. It's like, like a, an exercise program. You, if you go out the first day and you work out really hard for an hour, you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to hurt yourself. And then you're not going to be able to work out for days or maybe even weeks. If you start slowly and be conscious of what you're doing, and so that when you wake up the next morning, you can tell you've done something, but you could do it again, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet yes. spot. So it's finding that sweet spot for you personally. Everybody's is a little different. So it's just a, it's, it's a, it's practice and paying attention. And that's the problem is that it does take effort. It does take a conscious awareness. And most of us are living on rote. Right. Or many of us, well, and many of us are in busy careers, busy cycles, busy, we're busy. And so we're not accustomed to slowing down for anything because time's money and all these old stories that we're burning through now. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, I actually remember when I was in the corporate world and I was trying to make this shift of stop reacting and blowing <laughs> when I get mad. And it took me just sometimes I would start to throw words out there and then I would catch myself. And instead of just following through the whole thing because I was already in it, I would go, you know what? I, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to step away. I would go in the restroom and I would close the stall and I would just count to 10. Like it's never too late to start catching. Right. So. Right. Wherever right. you're at in that process, stop and catch catching ourselves. And then the next shift is going from that judgment for some of us that grew up in judgmental environments and judgment comes very easily for us to start shifting that perspective from judging what others are doing to discerning what's what's true for me and how I want to live. So how have you have you had any practice shifting that? Oh, I practice that all the time, all the time. Um, I just. I think because we were, you know, you and I, at least, and probably most of the people listening to this were kind of raised in the same society. There's a lot of judgment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's keeping up with the Joneses. It's what do you drive? What do you wear? How do you look? Da, 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 da. 
So there's a lot of judgment that's just, you know, automatic and subconscious. So having to really step back and pay attention um, has shifted everything for me, shifted it. And, and, and I will say that that is, um, it's not, well, I'm famous for saying a few things, but one of the things I love to say is the answers are always simple. That don't mean they're easy. (laughs) The answers are simple, but that doesn't make it easy. So the simple answer is if we do quit reacting to our buttons being pushed, we literally shrink the button. Simple. But when your buttons are pushed to stop and think about that, it's probably not the first reaction for most people. Well, and it's so interesting to study conflict resolution and communication when I did and how how the mind shuts down when our emotions are triggered. So we're not thinking clearly anyway. And the first thing that comes out of the mouth is not going to be good. We're not even going to like it. Probably not. Probably not. So it really is stopping, counting to 10, stepping away, whatever it takes, and then going, what difference does this really make to me? Have I overstepped the bound? Because a lot of conflicts come out of judgment, stepping over somebody's boundaries to try and tell them how they should be doing things instead of, you know, or whatever. So really good stuff there. Thank you for sharing that stuff. I think we can all use that a little bit in our lives. Well, you know, I think everybody who's on a conscious journey of any kind, we're all kind of saying the same things in different ways, but it's still the core of the message is pretty much the same, you know, to, to, you know, to be aware of your thoughts, words, and actions. Those are prayers. Those are powerful manifestors. So everything you think, do, and say, well, let me back up. Not necessarily think. It's like somebody said one time, my mother once told me, I'm not necessarily responsible for my first thought, but I am completely responsible for my second and for my words and my actions. And I thought, perfect. We are, we are the gatekeepers of our own energetic portals. And we are responsible for the energy we're putting out into the world. 100% we are responsible for the words and actions that come through us. So that being said, a lot of people don't want to be responsible. Right. It's, it's going to be mommy's fault or daddy's fault or my boss's fault or whatever, you know, and yet none of that is true. Right. And, you know, for those of us that may not think that we have much of a judgment issue, I think we need look no further than sex or politics or religion as topics to see all the judgments flare up in everyone. Cause we've all got baggage there too. <laughs> it's just- Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I will tell you, and I'll, I'll just be perfectly honest. I have, um, if I have a judgment that I really have to struggle with in this world, it it is about religions and not that I have anything against religions. I don't, I think, I think the core message of all major religions is really very nice. Um, my, my issue with religions are the ones who say our way is the only way. Right. Because I just know that's not true. I know that all these paths lead to the same place. So when any religion says they're the only way, I just, I, it's hard for me to stay out of judgment about that. It's like, no, you're really not. <laughs> you're really not the only way. So 
you know, that we all have to work on certain things. And that's one I really have to work on. Um, it, it's a toughie for me. Yeah, we all have, like I said, I think we all have our buttons, you know, and what and our life experiences have really gone to shape those to some extent, and who we've met and who we know and what that looks like for us. So right. yeah, this is great yeah. stuff. So it tell me how this is, what are you doing now? You're doing the, the co-creator circles and tell me about the website. I'm going to show this card. So you have a card, welcome to our world where we experience what love and kindness can do. And it's got, yes. it's, the artwork was done by a beautiful woman I got to visit with yesterday named Judy Harper. Yeah, and, she's awesome. And so yeah. this is kind of the creed, right? Or the manifesto of your, your circles and your group. This is the world that we created together that it took us a year to put together. We, I mean, we, we, we went over every single comma in that thing <laughs> and I'm saying very literally that. And so until we got to a place where we felt like we all was this agreed that this is a world that we wanted to live in. And so it is on the website. It's lovingkindnessworld.com. Um, the world is there. We have, um, the conscious connection there, which is a energetic, about eight minute connection that I do where we just send love out to the world. Couldn't hurt. Right. And, um, also there's a, there's a video on there that I did right after, um, COVID lockdown started about COVID and about what the core message is behind this pandemic, because there's a, there was back then there was a lot of opinion that this wasn't really happening. It was just fake news. Right. You know, so I, I just, I felt like I needed to address that. So I did. And, um, that video to me has proven to be, uh, still accurate. It still feels accurate to me. It won't to everybody, but it does to me. So those are the things I'm doing right now. That's the group I'm working with. I am, I've, I've just had a major life shift in that my mom, who I've been caregiving for for a number of years, uh, passed away in December. So now, uh, and then I moved yeah. so to a completely different city. So now I'm kind of looking at my life as this blank canvas. It's like, I don't know where this is going to take me next, but it's very exciting. Very exciting. Yes. yes. So, And I think you speak the truth of, of many people right now, because uh, this seems to be along with the pandemic causing us all to take a collective pause that was much needed for by us and even more needed by our planet, as you speak about in your video. So mm -hmm. that collective pause has been really important, but it's also caused reevaluation, reassessment of everyone. Where am I at? Is this where I want to be? Is this where I want to be going? People are making a lot of big life changes. We've had a lot of people leaving the planet. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your mom, but I know you were at peace with that by the time it happened. Mm -hmm. And absolutely. Um, so yeah, but there have been a lot of people checking out. I've noticed that. Yes, I've noticed that she was part and, of a big parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they just have other places to be and other things to do. So, yeah. so, and I take a lot of hope from the young people that are coming into the planet right now. Yes, um, there are some tremendously strong uh, souls uh, migrating in. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this mess that we're leaving them. <laughs> yes. Yes. 
I tell people that that what I've learned on this path from doing the healing work is that there has to be a coming undone, a deconstruction. It gets messy. It has to be broken apart so that it can rebuild. That's what we do with muscles. That's what we do with in the body. And that's what happens in our lives when we have this uh, moment of consciousness, this breakthrough mm -hmm. of consciousness. It has to come apart to rebuild. And it's not fun and it doesn't feel good. But the other side is so worth that and much more. And I would Absolutely. like to think that that's what's happening on this planet. And I just, I want to join you in your message that we need to be as gentle to the planet as we can be through this shift because she's already at a breaking point. We've already pushed her way too far with our consumerism and our, our just, you know, disposable mentality that yeah. we just keep filling into her and she just can't take it anymore. So, and so that's kind of the, um, you perfect segue there. That's pretty much what the video says and the place I am right now. When I think about anything that I feel a little argumentative about, or I hear people arguing about, I just want to say, wait a minute, stop. Will this matter if we don't have a planet? Right. Will it matter who's right or wrong in your argument if there's no planet? And, and to me that, you know, if, if the majority of us actually really get that, and start shifting to become more in tune with nature. What a difference we could make. The planet is very resilient, but yes. everything and everybody has a breaking point. Yes. Everything and everybody has a lifespan, which our planet will as well. Our planet has a lifespan. We don't know what when the end of that is, but we can we're certainly doing all we can to hurry that up right now. So, yeah. and, and that would be a shame. Would yes, be a it shame, would. But, yes, it would. But if, if that does happen, I always like to end on this note when I talk about this subject, we'll still all be okay. There are other places to go. There are other things to do. However, wouldn't it be awesome if we could truly embrace and reclaim, help reclaim the beauty of this planet and help her be healthy? But if we yes, don't, and, oh. yes. And I had a, I had a big shift with that one day when I realized that I kind of was counting on my employer to take care of my needs. Like, you know, my job, I put my power in my job or wherever my resource funding was coming from. That was, and, and, you know, in the, in the Christian line, yes, it comes from God, whatever, but it comes through Gaia. It comes through our planet, our sustenance, our support, the very air we breathe and everything that we create comes from our planet. Yes. It doesn't come from work. We don't get by because we have a job. We don't get by because it comes through her. And how are we loving her and thanking her? How are we taking care of that which keeps us alive? It's so foundational, but we've gotten so removed from that in this society that we've built, this industrial society where we never touch the earth. We get in our cars and we drive in our garages and we, we you know, we're just... <laughs> We forgot. It all comes from the earth. <laughs> exactly. That's very well said, Cheryl, and very true. And and I I I, I do feel like there's certainly hope. I truly I do. do. I do and I think more and more people are waking up to to the fact that we could reverse this. We we could, we can, we have the ability to find better ways to do things. I mean, I look at my cell phone, which uh, 
those were invented within my lifetime, um, way into my lifetime. Right. And the power of the computer in my cell phone was in my lifetime more, it was more powerful than what filled the warehouse, a computer that filled the warehouse when computers Mine too, first came yes. out. So, you know, smaller, faster, better. Da, 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 da. And there's one reason that that happened, and that's because we bought them and we used them and we continue to buy them and we continue to use them. So the, there, was, there were funds available and the energy going into making those smaller, faster, better, da 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 So again, that's a good example of putting energy into something and seeing what that does, not just financial energy, but we use them. We spent time with our phones, you know, it's, so that what would happen if we took that same kind of focus and put it toward finding better ways to live on the planet? Totally agree. And we can do that in our homes. We can do that in our families. We don't have to wait for somebody else to invent something. We've got what we need. It's a choice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and putting our energy to that, buying things that are more sustainable to the planet, that kind of thing, does help. That is feeding the energy of, of making things better. So we're, we're so much more powerful than we really understand. I agree. That's a great parting thought. I was going to ask you if you have a parting thought because it's getting already time for us to wrap up. And I thought, I wonder what a parting thought would be. But that was good. You want to expand on that a little bit? We're so much more powerful than we imagine. Absolutely. It's like I said, if we can just constantly remember that we, each of us is an energy portal for this planet. And it's our words and our actions is the energy that we're putting out. And our thoughts to some degree, but truly our words and our actions what we speak, the words we speak, the energy behind the words and the energy behind our actions are, are what make ripples in the energy of the planet. And so what, what we see going on in the macro, like in politics, in the world, is merely a collective ripple effect from what's going on in the majority of the micros on the planet or the most influential micros on the planet. So is it what we want to see moving forward? Then we can change that. Yes. That's pretty powerful. Yes, it is. Thank you so much, mm. Peggy Sue. It's been so fun. I knew the time would fly and it really did. It did. It's been so fun. Peggy Sue, you can go to loveandkindnessworld.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Loved every bit of it. <laughs> and thank you for joining us. Let us know what you thought at journeyofpossibilities.com. And we'll see you next time on Exploring Possibilities.